0: Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Before Coffee. It's Thursday, and I have no idea what's going on in the world, so it's time to find out. Hello! I hear your voice.
1: Hello. Oh boy. I shouldn't turn my camera on yet, huh?
0: Why? Is there something wrong?
1: Yeah, because you don't want to see this crap. <laughs>
0: what am I seeing that's crap? Me. <laughs> <And> me. <laughs>
1: Oh crapple. Ready?
0: Today on Before Coffee, Zelensky pleads for security guarantees for Ukraine and Moldova.
1: Hey, it's time to prepare for the 2023 Atlantic hurricane season.
0: Djokovic, the tennis player, defiant despite warning not to repeat political message.
1: Canada's Nova Scotia appeals for help amid unprecedented fires.
0: Tunak to join EU leaders at Asylum Summit to address failings.
1: And Trump was taped discussing sensitive document he had kept after leaving office. So there's tapes. Today on June 1st, 2023. Edition of Before Coffee.
0: Hey, let's read our first news story here about Zelensky at I believe the EPC which we talked about yesterday at least I think it was that we'll see the story will tell me this is from the Guardian Lisa O'Carroll in Tishinau which is probably in Moldova because I think they went to Moldova we'll find out (laughs) <laughs> Vladimir Zelensky has urged the international community to put concrete security guarantees in place in Ukraine and its neighbors, Moldova, to give the country's enduring protections against Russia. His plea at the start of the summit of 47 European leaders in Moldova, that's what I thought, came as official confirmed that an 11-year-old girl, her mother, and another woman had been killed in a Russian missile strike on Kiev early on Thursday. First to strike, uh, first to arrive at the summit in Moldova, the Ukrainian president said he would be speaking on Thursday to partner countries about putting in place potential air jet coalitions and a coalition providing Patriot missiles. That is our new initiative and we really need it, he said after a 20 minute bilateral meeting with the Moldovan president, Maya Sandu. I think security guarantees are very important not only for Ukraine, but also for our neighbors. For Moldova, because of Russia, their aggressions in Ukraine and potential aggressions in other parts of Europe, he said. On Wednesday, Emmanuel Macron called on the international community to offer Ukraine tangible and credible Israel-style security guarantees, saying it was in the rest of the continent's interests. We have to build something between the security provided to Israel and full-fledged membership, said Macron. Security guarantees are seen as a long-term alliance with U.S. and European defense capabilities without full membership of NATO, which is not possible while war is ongoing as it would pull the organization into the conflict on the ground. Some have suggested that countries, including the U.S., U.K., France, Germany, and other places, to have their own troops in the Ukraine post-war, in the same way that NATO offers security to member states that border Russia. Zelensky restated in his belief in the importance of Ukraine and Moldova's membership in in NATO, with the support of its security general Jens Stoltenberg, which would allow them to strengthen their national security against Russian aggression. I mean, it's kind of ironic. Russia is like, oh, man, we need to go in to to Ukraine to stop uh, the western powers from spreading into eastern Europe or whatever but they're only cons again to happen more because they're attacking people for no reason (laughs) like you're not not saving anyone by bombing the capital the capital of the country tight security surrounds the summit which is being held just 12 miles from the Ukrainian border at the Mimi Castle Vineyard which is also 3 miles from Trans... Transnistria, a separate re- separatist region of Moldova, where Russian troops are also stationed. Oh, great. Access to the main airport was severely restricted, with British and NATO planes patrolling the skies as part of an air defense exercise. Air Bastion 2023. Or Air Bastion, sorry. Bastion. Top of the agenda is Ukraine, but the recent violence in Kosovo will also be feature, a feature and France and Germany will host a round table involving the leaders of Armenia and Azerbaijan in an effort to broker a peace deal between the two countries. Sunak has made migration his top priority and will co-chair a working group with Poland's Prime Minister, Matthias, Matthias Morawiecki, waik, with brief talks anticipated with the leader of Spain, Bulgaria, and Poland. Mark Rutte, the Dutch Prime Minister, said he absolutely agreed with Sunak that migration should be high on the agenda along with efforts to build a coalition to provide F-16 fighter jets to Ukraine. Migration has to be high on the agenda, of course. Number one has to be Ukraine and Moldova. There's no doubt about it. We are working with the Brits on the 5F-16 fighter jet coalition, but I agree with Rishi. We also have to discuss migration, and we will do so absolutely. Aw, oh, come on, the Netherlands, you let me down. Fuck migration, it doesn't matter. He also said EU leaders were be looking to sketch out the path for Ukraine's future security, working with the Danish and British to begin with. Adding in Ukraine, it's urgent the need of the patriot systems. That's my story on a bunch of things I'm also going to talk about later because I guess the summit was the biggest thing on the news schedule, so it's the only thing that anyone's talking about. Also, you're still muted, so I can't hear you. No, I can hear you. Wait. Talk again? Hear me now? Yeah.
1: Okay. I just wasn't saying anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to prepare for the 2023 Atlantic Hurricane season, according to Frida Presario of AP. It's time for residents along the southeastern U.S. coastline to make sure their storm plans are in place for the 2023 Atlantic hurricane season gets underway on Thursday. Oh, it's like a football season or something. We have a schedule. Well, today, the Miami Hurricanes play the Tulsa Tornadoes. Anyway... Forecasters are predicting a new normal season, but Mike Brennan, the new director of the National Hurricane Center in Miami, stressed during a Wednesday news conference that there really is nothing normal when it comes to hurricanes. A normal season might sound good in comparison to some of the hurricane seasons in the past years, but then nothing good but a near-normal hurricane season in terms of activity. Uncertainty is a key word, Brennan said. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration predicted in... Noah, let's just call him Noah. In late May, a 40% chance of the 2023 being a near normal hurricane season, a 30% chance of above average season, and a 30% chance of a below normal season, which has fewer than usual storms. So, we're expecting a busy season with 12 to 17 named storms, Brandon said, adding that five to nine of those storms could become hurricane, with one to four growing into major hurricane. It only takes one storm affecting your area to make it a busy season for you, he said. This year, the Hurricane Center is rolling out a new storm surge model that Brennan said helps push real-time storm surge prediction out 72 hours in advance of the storm in hopes of getting life-saving information to emergency managers regarding evacuation orders. In addition, tropical weather outlooks have been extended from five days up to seven days, providing an additional heads-up for residents to make decisions about whether to evaluate in advance of a storm, Brennan said. What is El Nino and how will it affect the 2023 uh, season? Well, I'm glad you asked. El Nino is a natural temp <laughs> it's a natural temporary warming of the Pacific Ocean that occurs every few years, changing weather patterns worldwide. Generally, the Atlantic is quieter and has fewer storms in, during El Nino year El Nino years. That's because the warmer waters of El Nino make warmer water more air, more warmer air over the pacific reach higher into the atmosphere and affect wind shear that could head off storms too complicated for me to understand brandon noted that there were other factors that add to the uncertainty of the effects of el nino such as warm sea temperatures weaker low level easterly flows and more african monsoon season more active african monsoon season those horses are going to going to a kind of fight it off over, over the course of hurricane season we don't know how the season is going to play out well we don't know so basically a big old question mark over the hurricane season we're going to have 12 to 17 storms uh one to four is going to be really strong uh get prepared buy bottled water uh get a generator so forth. because uh if you live in the southeastern united states your names your storms are going to be the following arlene brett cindy don emily franklin gert harold idalia jose katya lee Margot, nigel ophelia philippe rena sean tammy vince and whitney myself i am Only caring about Hurricane Nigel because of the song "We Are Only Making Plans for Nigel." Okay, (laughs) if you've ever heard it, (laughs) it's by Squeeze.
0: Well, I'm hoping none of those names hurt anybody, but you know, like you said, okay. I can't wait.
1: I'm just telling you. Be prepared. Your your story, Hurricane Nigel. I'm looking
0: up for Ophelia myself. Never trust an Ophelia, so.
1: I'm going to play that song. I'm going to sing it now just because they're going to have a Hurricane Nigel. It's a song by XTC. XTC. I I forgot. Yeah, it was XTC. One of my favorite bands. They have Dear God, uh, Peter Pumpkinhead, and Making Plans for Nigel. So, yeah. XTC is going to be naming Hurricanes this year. (laughs) Okay. I'm just saying. There's a song. We're only making plans for Nigel. All right. Go ahead. Your song. (laughs) you sorry, right. I mean you sorry. In, in some ahead.
0: French open news, which I don't usually pay attention to sports or tennis, but he said some political stuff, so now I care. Uh okay. <laughs> Novak Yovic Yokovic. He's a famous
1: Jokic. Huh Jokic. Jokic? Jokovic.
0: Jokovic. okay. See, like I'm I, I I knew he's a famous tennis player, but I couldn't say his name. Jokovic. Despite, mm. defiant despite warning not to repeat political message Djokovic has insisted that he would not hesitate to opine on Kosovo and the clashes between the authorities and ethnic Serbs again even as the backlash to his comments continues to grow I don't mind saying that Oops, I mean sorry. I would say it again Djokovic said but I don't need to because you have my quotes if you want to reflect on that of course I'm aware that a lot of people would disagree but it is what it is it's something that I stand for on Wednesday night, Jokovic defeated Martin Voksovics 7-6, 6-0, and 6-3 to, to reach the third round of the French Open, where he will face Alejandro Davidovic Oquina of Spain. As if he thinks he, he could ever experience a drama-free Grand Slam tournament, if I know anything about Jokovic, that's impossible, <laughs> but okay... <laughs> Could he ever avoid a drama-free, or could he ever experience a drama-free Grand Slam tournament? Yokovic said he did not believe it was likely. So that happens all, that, so that happens. Drama-free Grand Slam, I don't think it can happen. For me, I guess that drives me as well, he said. Djokovic. Dokovic said that Yokovic then said that he had no more comments to make on the, on the, on the subject. After his round match on Monday, Jokovic had signed the camera, Kosovo in the heart of Serbia. Stop the violence. I mean, I agree. Please stop the violence. We don't need to beat each other up. Referencing the violent clashes that have taken place in northern provinces of Kosovo between Kosovo authorities and ethnic Serbs that form the majority in the north, Jokovic has spoken expansively about the subject in Serbian. Amili. Auda Castera, the French sport minister, said on Wednesday that Jokovic's comments were not appropriate for an athlete. Okay. Typical of French people to tell people what's appropriate. When you carry messages about defending human rights, messages that bring people together about universal values, a sports person is free to express them. I mean, he said stop the violence.
1: Little, little French Oh, that's not, kind of, that's
0: not the kind of human right defense I wanted. I want you to say, Serbian, stop. You know? I wanted you to make it political by specifically saying who needs to stop. He just said, stop the violence, and that Kosovo is the heart of Serbia. That's all I said. Oh, that's too political!
1: Oh, no, not that.
0: Odeo Kastera Castri- told France to, but this is, in this case it was a message that is very activist that is very and it's not very it's ma- yeah. slightly okay <laughs> he didn't say all Armenia what is it? he shouldn't say all um like all Kosovoans need to be Serbian or uh, free Kosovo or that
1: he <laughs> all non Serbians
0: he didn't say that that's very political
1: <laughs> make Yugoslavia great again <laughs>
0: yeah exactly <laughs> You shouldn't get involved, especially in the current yep. circumstances, and it shouldn't <laughs> happen again. The Kosovo Olympics Committee has requested that the International Olympic Committee open a disciplinary proceeding against Jokovic, My God. as it pre- president accused him of promoting Serbian nationalist propaganda. Novik Dov- Jokovic has yet again promoted the Serbian nationalist propaganda and used a spa- sport the platform to do so. It's Met Prasniki, the president of the. KOC said in a statement the Grand Slam rulebook contains no prosecution against players speaking about political subjects during events meaning Yokovic will not receive any punishment from tennis authorities okay then shut up like, somebody needs it's to do something
1: they're mad because he didn't get vaccinated so everything he does from now on is open to it's like Darren Rogers thing he's obviously anti-American killer I don't even know what the hell you're mad about I know people ain't got vaccinated, nobody's mad at down. I don't know what the fuck anybody's mad about really. Very quiet.
0: Yeah, I mean I understand that Kosovo is a very politically heated place. It's only been like yeah. thirteen years since the actual conflict. It was like ninety four. Oh. It was before I was born. So Hence, why I well, have no attachment <laughs> to it, because I literally did not exist when it was occurring. Yeah, but, you're almost uh, thirty, though
1: it hasn't been thirteen. You're almost thirty. Man. Oh,
0: sorry, sorry. I think yeah, I said yeah. thirteen because
1: yeah.
0: we were talking about it before. I think somebody else said it. Either way, okay. it's been a while, but it hasn't yeah. been that long, right? The people who were there during it are still alive. They're still angry. You know. I think it took um, me and Robert were talking about this. It took the Netherlands. 30 years not give a give a fuck about Germans anymore right it took well, them that after post, post-war post right after World War II it took them 30 years to be like okay Germans are allowed back in the country we don't hate them anymore
1: <laughs> no. well another my good example might be Northern Ireland too right because they had years and years of conflict for uh Basically, religion. You, you couldn't tell an Irish from a Catholic in Northern Ireland if you'd line 7,000 of them up. You couldn't pick one from the other, right? But yeah. they knew for some reason, so they fought each other. But again, they're getting along after all this time. Well, so they also were anybody, vehemently
0: but, against being in the United Kingdom, which is why they had to become the Northern Ireland, right? Originally, it was just it. Ireland, and then they were like, we don't want to be here. But then the other. Like, you know, Northern Ireland was like, no, we still like these guys. They're great. And then every, the rest of Ireland was like, no, what's wrong with you?
1: Well, <laughs> so it they was. You know, I meant Catholic from Protestant. I think yeah. I said Catholic from Irish, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's early. It's they're early. not real okay. Irish
0: people because they're Catholics. <laughs> okay.
1: And what? another news Canada's on fire. Premier says e- Eastern Canada province will take all the support we can as crews battle out of control blazes. Authorities in Eastern Canada, this is according to Al Jazeera news agency. Authorities in Eastern Canada province of Nova Scotia have, have appealed for outside help as firefighters battle badger badger battle raging water fire wildfires and giant badgers no,
0: just <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
1: that have forced more than 16,000 people from their homes. Nova Scotia's premier Tim Houston said on Wednesday that his government had received assistance from other provinces including several water bombers and had contacted officials in northeast of the United States to seek additional resources. Dozens of firefighters have been fighting to contain two large auto-control blazes near the provincial capital of Halifax. Fourteen fires are burning across the province, causing hazy skies and anxiety among residents. This is not the biggest province in Canada, by the way. Nova Scotia, it's a northeastern province. We aren't... We are in crisis in the province, and we want, and we need, and we will take all the support we can get," Houston said during a news conference. Unprecedented unprecedented resources are being used because these fires are unprecedented. Fire officials in Nova Scotia, home to just more than one million people on Canada's Atlantic Coast, had warned that gusty winds and low humidity on Wednesday could fuel the Tantalium fire that continues to burn about 30 kilometers west of Halifax. The blaze has grown to about 837 hectares, authorities said in the statement. A hectare is approximately one third of an acre, while others in the Barrington Lake and Pobinko areas were also considered out of control. Halifax Regional Municipality said the fires have so far destroyed or damaged more than 200 structures, mostly homes, and forced nearly 16,500 people to flee. But no injuries have been reported. People are understanding, tired, understandably tired, frustrated, and frightened. Halifax Mayor Mike Savage. Mike Savage. Houston, the Premier. <laughs> Houston, the Premier announced he's the Premier. I guess that's the same as a Governor of Nova Scotia. Announced late. Wait, wait, wait. On Tuesday, a ban on all activities in Nova Scotia forests including hiking, camping, fishing, hunting, and use of off-road vehicles and fines violating, violating for province-wide burn ban were also created to $18,400, which is $8 million Canadian. No, it's $25,000 Canadian. For God's sake, stop burning, stop flicking cigarette butts out the car window, just stop it, our resources are stretched incredibly thin right now, fighting existing fires, Houston said. Forest fires also led to evacuations of 400 homes in the neighboring province of New Brunswick over the weekend, officials said. The stories and images we're seeing coming out of Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick, are heartbreaking. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau told the reporters in Ottawa, pledging federal support. We we know people are extremely, extremely distressed by what's going on. as federal government we are there, we will be there to support. Many experts have pointed out the climate change is a factor in worsening climate extreme uh, wildfires, heat waves, and tropical storms around the world western canada providence of alberta british columbia have also been dealing with unusually warm weather it has sparked several out of control wildfires cutting the region's oil and gas production however most of these fires have since been brought under control the halifax wire wild, Halifax wildfires are expected to cause poor air quality hundreds of kilometers to the south and parts of the eastern u.s and midwest as smoke drifts across the region region Air quality expert alerts were in effect for eastern and western sections of Michigan, northern Ohio, parts of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, given high concentration of pollutants in the forest, the U.S. National Weather Service said. Your story.
0: All right. Let's hope uh, no more entire country landscapes get burned down into a crisp.
1: Maybe they should name wildfires.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe people will care about them, right, if they name them
1: yeah wildfire nigel for sure
0: yeah and then they're like oh man i line. hate nigels and then they would care and get some water
1: it's well over i'm just telling you it's well overdue that there's a hurricane nigel I just, i'm so pleased by this i don't even know what to tell you, <laughs> you it, it tell. may last days my <laughs> my exuberance over this fact i'll forget it in the middle of summer when they finally name it but anyway your turn
0: in news i hate talking about but i must talk about Immigration and asylum. Sunak to join EU leaders at the asylum summit to address failings. Public spending on the asylum system has quadrupled under conservative led governments, according to the official figures, as Rishi Sunak prepares to discuss ways of reducing the number of people seeking asylum with other European leaders. I know a way. Destroy colonialism or post colonialism. Uh, stop putting your fingers in other people's business less well i guess that's the problem right because if you don't put your fingers in other people's business bad things happen see it's too much of a complicated issue there's no way to solve asylum except for i don't know destroy capitalism that's my answer
1: that's it i mean once the profit motive is involved it's like how can we make funny how can we make money off destitute people yeah let's think of a way
0: Labor has not earth figures that show the amount spent on the asylum system has increased from 550 million pounds in 2012 to 2.1 billion in 2021. Maybe money doesn't solve the issue then.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Capitalism is not a tool. It's basically a way of skimming off profits that's about it
0: yeah i'm just like if the if it's increased that much and you're the control of the situation hasn't decreased maybe the money is not the solution to the problem the there was a further substantial increase in 2022 as slower asylum decisions and swella braverman's last minute decision making led to an increase in costly hotel use the party has claimed Asylum spending figures taken from the f- first financial year of Tory-led coalition government in 2010 showed that $567 million was spent processing asylum claims and on accommodation. By 2022, that had risen to $2 billion. Well, also probably an increase in refugees, right? It is expected to increase further when the figures for 2022 are published. As recent estimates show that the additional 2.4 billion from the overseas aid budget was used to support the asylum seekers on the top on top of normal costs. Last week, the government announced that the asylum backlog had reached a new record high of 173,000 people. Over the past year, only 1% of small boat asylum cases had been have had a decision made. Since 2011, the productivity productivity rate of home office caseworkers has fallen from 14 decisions a month in 2011 to 18 in 2016 to just 5 in a month in the last financial year. Okay, well that sounds like a organization issue. Maybe perhaps they're being pressured to make, take it slow so that people give up and don't try to seek asylum. But instead of people giving up, they just continue waiting and hence costing you more and more money I don't know I'm just <laughs> talking bullshit because uh, really
1: <laughs> this
0: is my opinion Yvette Cooper the shadow home secretary said nothing the government is doing is working and their legislation is making the decision worse with more people stuck in the system than ever before yeah I think I, you know I like I said I can't confirm or deny any of this but it sounds like to me they're trying to make it as bad as possible to prove it doesn't work taking a note from the republicans in the u.s right oh look it doesn't work guess we can't do it instead of actually trying to help people they're just trying to prove how bad it can go right we are going to show you the worst case scenario and tell you it will never work
1: we're going to prove a point that's all we're going to do that's it who gives a fuck about human suffering we're going to prove something Watch this. We're gonna make it fail intentionally and tell you how bad it is. Yep.
0: <laughs> it's impossible for us to, yeah. Sonia. Uh, we can't
1: do this. So nobody can. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Sonia seats the chief chief executive of Freedom from Torture, and she's she's yeah. like, this is torture. The tragedy is that these figures do not reflect an increase in project- protection to people fleeing torture and persecution. It's like. Asylum decision-making has almost ground to a halt under this new government, with vulnerable men, women, and children left in limbo and shunned in cramped hotel rooms for years on end. The figures have been released as the Prime Minister prepares to discuss border security at a gathering of leaders in the European political community in Moldova, which is what just happened, or is happening right now, I suppose. They're probably still talking. Initially envisioned by the French President, Emmanuel Macron as a... As a platform for unity across wider European front, the DBC will bring together the leaders of 27 EU member states, as well as 19 other countries, including the UK, Ukraine, Turkey, and Moldova's Balkan neighbors. Addressing the meeting, the Prime Minister will say that Europe is facing unprecedented threats in as its border from Vladimir Putin's Russia and as a rise of illegal immigrants. Immigrants are not... People are not illegal. Yeah, I'm glad they quote... In this, in this article by... Uh, who is this by again? Um, Rajev Sial of Home Affairs in in The Guardian. I am very happy that he quoted, unquoted illegal immigrants because you know, there are no illegal people, okay? (laughs) The prime minister will announce the start of negotiations on a new return agreement with Moldova and confirm the similar deal struck with Georgia has entered into force. Sunak will also announce a partnership with Bulgaria and help officials destroy the business model of people smuggling gangs. Meeting will be a chance for the EU to show support for Moldovan government, which has been under pressure to fall into the Kremlin's orbit. Other items on the agenda will include Moldova's security and energy supplies that have been, at part, funded by the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development. Commenting on the asylum figures, a conservative spokesperson said, "Labour's approach to asylum was a disastrous open-door policy coupled with massive amn- amnesties. Okay, it was disastrous because of... more brown people in the country? <laughs>
1: It was yeah, yeah. They're oh no, we have to, it have to, to learn disasters. about. Yeah. People, people who are living in the shadows now could report crimes to the police. Wow, what a disaster!
0: Oh no, we have to learn yeah. about other people's cultures. We have to start eating Turkish food because a lot of people open Turkish restaurants. Oh no, right. this life sucks. We have to consume spices. Uh, yeah, I was reading I something. Just
1: really... <laughs> I was reading something somebody wrote the other day about population going down. He's like, the United States population would be going down if it wasn't for illegal immigration. I was like, well, what about legal immigration? Why don't you say that? Don't you, you understand? I mean,
0: there's yeah, no such like, thing as a legal mi- migrant. There's there is, there is, there is such minds, a thing. legal migrants do not exist.
1: Well, there's, there is such a thing as an illegal immigration there's 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 people that don't 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 follow the rules but my point was how is illegal immigration the only immigration that's boosting the population all immigration is (laughs) why do you have to point out it's only illegal immigrant it's nonsense it's like do you know that most illegal immigrants just get here by flying on an airplane and Using a passport and just never going home.
0: Yeah, majority. It isn't
1: the Canadian. It isn't the Canadian border. It isn't a Mexican border. It's airports, my friends. <laughs> <Your turn. laughs> yeah. I'm mean, sorry. That's your story. I've talked. No, you're correct.
0: It. You're completely 100 yeah, correct.
1: No,
0: the labor of labor's approach to asylum was disastrous open door policy just sounds like a dog whistle to me saying hey we don't like immigrants we don't like anyone who's not white as as a piece of paper can't handle spices and speaks with a british accent those are the only people we like around here
1: just background i worked uh, as a contractor for border patrol in the united states for nearly 25 years and that's the whole border from bellingham washington to maine from key west florida to san diego to puerto rico to the virgin islands i worked the whole border so i do know something about it doesn't make me an expert but I know the legal immigration and talking to people is like, yeah, it's just people on airplanes that stay here. They come here, they just stay. They're here legally. But they just overstay yeah, their... I mean, the only sl- If
0: you want to stop that kind of immigration, the only solution is to not give people temporary visas for yeah. visiting your country. Completely no tourism, tourism. no tourism. No tourism. There you go. Solution, it's everything's fixed. No more brown mm-hmm. people in your country. Because yep. they're, they're not coming anymore. They can't. So... Yep. Well, you can go to your next story now. Um, we can stop editorializing about immigration.
1: Let's, let's introduce eugenics in the immigration. All right. Trump was taped discussing sensitive documents he kept after leaving the White House. So again, more evidence that he knew he was committing a crime, which is awesome. And again, if you are supporting Trump still in your life, your brain has already turned to pudding, so nothing I say will affect you. Federal prosecutors, this is by Maggie Hamerman, Jonathan Swan, and Alan Fuhrer of the New York Times. Federal prosecutors investigating former president handling of classified material have recorded Trump from 2021 discussing sensitive military document he had kept after leaving the house, White House. Two people briefed on the matter said... In the recording, Mr. Trump suggested he knew the document was secret and not declassified it. One person briefed on the matter said. He just said this one person beat. Two people briefed on the matter said. <laughs> Existence of the recording could undermine Mr. Trump's repeated claim that he had already declassified material that remained in possession after he left office. Once again, you cannot just say, I declassified this material and that's all said. Because the people who handle the material need to know that it's declassified. So you just can't wave a wand. Prosecutors are scrutinizing whether Mr. Trump obstructed efforts by federal officials to retrieve documents. Well, there's no scrutiny involved in this. This is obvious. Come on, man. They're so kind to this guy and these stories. The existence of the recording was reported earlier by CNN. The recording was made during the meeting Mr. Trump held in 20, July 21 with people helping his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, write a me- memoir. Of his 10 months in the white house according to people briefed on the matter the meeting was held at mr trump's club at bedminster new jersey where he spends summers until now the focus of the documents investigation had largely on material trump kept the mar-a-lago and never forget now his ex-wife is buried at Bedminster golf course at the first tee probably documents inside her casket is what i'm saying mr meadows did not i'm not the first person to say that Mr. Meadows did not attend the meeting, but at least two of Mr. Trump's aides did. One, Margo Martin, routinely taped the interviews he gave for books being written about him that year. Nice. On the recording, Mr. Trump became railing about his hand-picked chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Miley, who is who was described in media accounts at the time as having guarded against Mr. Trump's striking Iran in the final days of his presidency, according to the people briefed on the matter. They keep saying at the end of the paragraph mr trump had begun referencing a document with which he had with him saying it had been compiled by general miles related to attacking iran the people briefed on him okay, here we go again among the comments he mentioned his classification ability during the discussion mr trump could be heard handling paper on the tape though it is not clear whether it was a document in question the justice department obtained the recording in recent months a potentially key piece of mountain of evidence, in a mountain of evidence, that prosecutors have amassed under the special counsel, Jack Smith, who's appointed in November to oversee the federal investigations into Trump. Miss Martin was asked about the recording during a grand jury appearance, according to two people briefed on the. Ma- oh, there we go again. In an interview with CNN on Wednesday night, James trustee a lawyer representing Mr. Trump in the case, and indicated the former president was taking the position that he had declassified the material he took with him upon leave office. When he left for Mar a Lago with boxes of documents that other people packed for him. When he brought, he was the commander in chief, Mr. Trustee said. There's no doubt that he was cons- constitutional authority as commander in chief to declassify. Sure, he does. But you can't just declassify and just nobody else knows about it except you. Mr. Trustee said officials could prove that Mr. Trump had declassified materials. But when pressed on whether Mr. Trump had declassified the document in question at the Bedminster meeting, Mr. Trustee declined to say. In total, government has recovered more than 300 documents with classified markings from Trump since he led office. They include the first batch of documents returned in January last year to National Archives, another set provided by the Trump aides of the Justice Department that June, materials and the materials seized by the FBI in a search of Mar a Lago in August, and a handful of found in additional searches late last year. And I'm sure there's nothing else out there. One of the set of documents found in the FBI during the search had the highest level of classification, top secret, sensitive compartmented information, SCI. Trump has long touted what he claimed was his ability to automatically declassify materials even as and has even said he could do so with his mind. Wow. His allies have insisted that he had a standing order to classify material when he took it from the Oval Office of the White House. Residents and claimed that several former administration officials suggested his nonsense. Members of his legal team have cautioned his aides not to lean too heavily on the argument as a defense in the documents case. That claim has raised most vocally by cash patel close advisor mr trump a testified grand jury under an immunity deal forced him by prosecutors once again classified or declassified he still has to return the documents classified or classified they do not belong to him him. period end of sentence there is no there's absolutely no ambiguity about the law this man should be in chains he should be in prison without parole anybody that supports him is their brain is already mush i can't convince them of anything you are stupid people have lost all reason this man is dangerous he should be in prison i don't know what is taking so long your story
0: Oh right uh i got an update on something that you don't want to hear because it's a we got an argument about it when we were watching the 90s show.
1: Oh, I heard it's, about it. It's that. official. I, I didn't argue about it. I just didn't know about it. Yeah,
0: well, it's fine. Right. It either way, update on U.S. television here on by Associated Press. This article is by... Danny Matterson, star of That 70 show, has been found guilty of rape. The 47-year-old actor who allegedly drugged women's drinks faces up to 30 years in prison after jury finds him guilty. Danny Masterson, the actor best known for his role in that 70 show, was found guilty of two counts of rape on Wednesday in a Los Angeles retrial, in which the Church Retri- of Scientology played a central role. Oh no, he was a Scientologist. That's not good that's not good news for the uh, the religious. People, I don't know. Yeah, the jury like of seven women and like five men and reached the verdict after deliberating for seven days, spread over two weeks. They could not reach a verdict on the third count that alleged Masterson raped a longtime girlfriend. They had voted eight and four in favor of conviction. Masterson was led from the courtroom in handcuffs. The 47-year-old actor faces up to 30 years in prison. His wife, actor and model Bijou Phillips, wept as he was led away. Other family and friends sat stone-faced prosecutors retrying Masterson after a deadlocked jury led to a mistrial in December, said he was forced, he forcibly raped three women, including a longtime girlfriend in his Hollywood Hills home between 2001 and 2003. They told jurors he drugged the women's drinks so he could rape them. They said he used his prominence in the church, where all three women were members of of at the time, to avoid consequences for decades. Wow. You know... People can talk bad about Catholics and whatever, but all religions are like this, by the way. As soon as you're in, like, an organization that can defend you who has power, I mean, it's not even religions. Governments are like this. Anything that's a big group of thing with people with power, they can go, Oh, you broke the law? That's okay. We'll cover it up for you. That's okay. You don't have to worry about it. Messed up, man. Masterson did not testify, and the lawyers called no witnesses. The defense argued that the acts were consensual and attempted to discredit the women's stories by highlighting changes and inconsistencies over time, which, they said, showed signs of coordination between them. Or, perhaps, because it was, like, 30 years ago. <laughs> Maybe that's why there is a... I don't remember if it, what, what happened, because it was 30 years ago. My body went into, so, um, what is it, fight-or-flight mode. So, <laughs> I literally just dissociated from the event, but you know. Uh if you decided that witness deliberately lied about something in this case, defense attorney Philip Cullen told jurors you should consider not believing anything the witness says. They lied about this one little detail, hence they're liars for the rest of their life. Um okay. The church that was my editorializing didn't say that. That was. He said
1: that. <laughs> that? Wow. That's no, like whoa. Like, well, what yeah, the fuck? Sorry.
0: That's what I'm reading. That's what I'm reading. It, huh. If they lied about what color their dress was, it's over for them. Uh, the uh-huh. Church of Scientology. I'm laughing because it's so ridiculous to me. Uh, how? Wh- what's what's the what's the term? Men. Hashtag men.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's pretty general. But whatever. It is.
0: Yeah. It is. Okay. The Church of Scientology played a significant role in the first trial. Liar's aisle, lie,
1: that's true. Go ahead. But
0: arguably an even larger one in the second. Judge Charlene F. Olmedo allowed expert testimony on church policy from a former official in the Scientology leadership who had become a prominent opponent. Tensions ran high in the courtroom between current and former Scientologists and even leaked into testimony with the accusers saying on the stand that they felt intimidated by some members in the room. Actor Leah Remini, a former member who's become the church's highest prof- prolific critic, sat in on the trial at times, putting her arm around one of the accusers to com- confirm to comfort her during closing arguments. It's not accusers. He's been found guilty. It's victims now. <laughs> Just saying... One of the victims, uh, founded in 1953 by Ron, oh, L. Ron Hubbard, the Church of Scientology Scientology has many members who work in Hollywood. The judge kept limits on how much prosecutors could talk about the church and primarily allowed it to explain why the women took so long to go to authorities. The women testified that when they reported to Masterson's, reported Masterson to church officials, they were told they were not raped were put through ethics programs themselves and were warned against going to law enforcement to report a member of such high standing. They were raped, they were punished for it, and they were retaliated against and were retaliated against, the Deputy District Attorney Remhold Mueller told jurors in his closing argument. Scientology told them there's no justice for them. You have the opportunity to show them there is justice. The church vehemently denied having any policy that forbids members from going to secular authorities. Testimony in the case was graphic and emotional. Two women who knew Masterson from social circles in church said he gave them drinks and that they became woozy and passed out before he violently raped them in 2003. The third, Masterson's then girlfriend of five years, said she awoke to find him raping her and had to pull his hair to stop him. The issue of drugging also played a major role in the retrial. At the first At first, Olmedo only allowed prosecutors and kids to describe their disorientation and to imply that they were drugged. The second time, they were allowed to argue it directly and the prosecution attempted to make it a major factor to no avail. The defendant drugs his victim to gain control, said the deputy district attorney, Ariel Anson. In her closing argument, he does this to take away his victim's ability to consent. Masterson was not charged with any counts of drugging, and there is no toxicology evidence to back up the assertion, probably because it was like 30 years ago. His attorney asked for a mistrial over the issue inclusion. The motion was denied, but the issue is likely to be a major factor in any potential appeal. These charges date to the period when Masterson was at the height of Spain, starring from... 1998 to until 2006, as Stephen Hyde on Fox's That 70 show, the show that made stars of Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, and Topher Grace. Masterson has reunited with Kutcher on the 2016 Netflix comedy The Ranch, but was ran off the show when an LAPD investigation was revealed in December 2017. Information and support for anyone affected by rape or sexual abuse issues is available from the following organizations in the U.S. Ranin, Brain, Rain offers support on 800-656-4673 In the UK, Rape Crisis offers support at 0808-500-2222 In Australia, support is available for at 1800-RESPECT or 1800-737-732 Other international helplines can be found at ebebleo.org That's an interesting website named ebleebleo.org um, mm. anyways just a just a update on that because I was slowly following it in my own personal life because we we reacted to the 90s show and you right. we were like where the hell's Hyde and I'm like uh, he's currently in uh, right. indisposed yeah, well, he's currently indisposed with the court trial <laughs> so I don't think he was available for filming uh, either way like me. in this mm. week in this day in history I guess
1: you hear that No. You don't hear it? Yeah, I hear now. Nigel. (laughs) All right. (laughs) On the song, man. XTC. Great band. Very underrated. I'm going to be playing them all week now. Well, what's left of the week? On this day in history... Besides making plans for Nigel, 1794, the great national naval engagement of the French Revolutionary War, the Battle of First of June, appropriately named, was fought between England and France in the Atlantic Ocean. In 1907, the English aviation engineer and pilot Frank Whittle, was, who invented the jet engine, was born. In 1926, Marilyn Monroe, who was born... Um... Norma Jean Baker I mm-hmm. remember that it wasn't written down here was, bo- was born in Los Angeles in this day in 1926 in 1945 in a speech Indonesian nationalist leader Sukarno Sukarno articulated the pan kasila, the five principles that became the founding philosophy of the independent Indonesian state 1958 Following the outbreak of an insurrection in Algiers, Charles de Gaulle came before the French National Assembly as Prime Minister-designate. In 1968, blind and deaf American author Helen Keller died in Westport, Connecticut on this day in 1968. In 2002, the Czech Republic became the first country to enact a law to address light pollution. All the outdoor fixtures were required to have a shield that prevented light from extending above the horizontal. In 2009, American Motor Vehicle manufacturer General Motors filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. It soon emerged from their reorganization and in 2000, 2010 returned to the stock market It's one of the largest IPOs in American history. In 2009, also, American comedian Conan O'Brien made his debut as a host of The Tonight Show, NBC's long-running talk show. However, he left after less than one year after Jay Leno screwed him. And 1980 was the debut of CNN, Ted Turner's cable news network, headquartered in Atlanta, began 24-hour live news broadcasts and this day in 1980, and gained worldwide attention in 1991 for its round-the-clock coverage of the Persian Gulf War. Birthdays today, Morgan Freeman turns 85. He's born on June 1st, 1937. Alanis Morissette shares a birthday with him. She was born in 1974. Also, Heidi Klum was born in this day, 1973. Happy birthday to David Berkowitz, American serial killer. Why are we wishing happy birthday to serial killers? The son of Sam's birthday today. He turns... Evan-y. Yeah,
0: Greg. He's all right. Yeah.
1: I guess I don't fucking know. Why are we celebrating serial ki- Also, Andy Griffith, which I'd rather celebrate Andy Griffith's birthday than a serial killer. He was born this day in 1923. What day is it? What day is it? You ask. What day? Yeah. Today what am I is- doing today? Well, today is June 1st, which is Global Day of Parents. So you better be nice to me. National Game Show Day. Also today. World Milk Day. World Reef Awareness Day. National Pen Pal Day. National Go Barefoot Day. So I'm taking my socks off here as soon as get off here. National Heimlich Maneuver Day. National Nail Polish Day. National Say Something Nice Day. Um, let me see. Nice hair. Um, National Hazelnut Cake Day. So those are all the days today. So... When you're eating your hazelnut cake, make sure you chew slowly so nobody has to perform the Heimlich on you.
0: Yeah, don't put any don't put any huge nuts in the cake. Yeah.
1: Right. And oh, yeah, and, and when you're running barefoot, don't be chewing on your your cake, you might choke.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and All Painting right. your
1: nails and, well, this... and painting your nails and writing your pen pal and <laughs> going to a reef and being nice to your parents and drinking some milk. All right, I covered everything. <laughs>
0: All right, this has been Allison here getting angry about immigrants and rape cases. I hope to see you tomorrow for some more exciting news on what the hell is going on in the world.
1: And this is Roger preparing for the hurricane season and particularly making plans for Nigel on June 1st, 2023 edition of Before Coffee. Be sure to hit the like, subscribe, and notify buttons, and follow other channels, Toxic Alley, History of Gravy, and Scratchy Old Records.